Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Millennial Verses. Continuing with the special re-release of our series Gen Talk, Dylan, Jariah, Kim, and Quad discuss the topic of soulmates. If you would like to catch the visual version of this episode, please head over to our YouTube channel, Millennial Versus Podcast. We hope you all enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Jariah. I'm Dylan. I'm Kim. I'm Quad. And welcome to Millennial Versus Presents Gen Talk. Join us as we discuss our perspectives to soulmates. So my definition of a soulmate is someone who you organically connect with, no effort. You have a, a certain level of comfort to speak your mind, whether it's popular or not with that person. It may, for me, it's romantic or not. Um, for me, it's with my daughter. I consider my daughter as my soulmate, one of my soulmates. Of course, my husband is my soulmate. But I also feel like that there are different levels within each relationship that I have with my daughter or my husband. That is, it specifically means that they're a soulmate. I have a, a good friend from church, does not look like me. We don't spend time together every day. We don't talk every day. But we naturally connect when we talk on the phone or when we see each other. It's an embrace, it's a hug. And we are very comfortable talking about spiritual matters, non-spiritual matters, non-judgmental. With my daughter, there is nothing we cannot discuss. And I feel like that, you know, relationships, you can sometimes disagree and become heated with arguments or, you know, with disagreements. But for me, with her, I'm, it's almost like we've argued or we've disagreed, but we're just right back in a place of acceptance and love. If we, we never left that place. It's just we're okay with that. And then even with, with Quad, you know, we disagree. We, we bicker, you know. <laughs> As I've gotten older, my idea of a soulmate romantically with him has evolved. Because as a child, as a young woman coming up in the church, the idea is you meet that man, you marry him, that's your soulmate, the end of story. But I do understand that life happens. I'd like to keep him as my soulmate. Uh, but I understand that we've reared children together. I, I understand that we have a special bond or relationship. I do understand that things can change that time and life circumstances can change that. So that's where I am now. And I feel more free and open to be a part of it and to say that this is a soulmate type relationship because I understand that only God knows, the creator knows how long it will be, how long it'll last. So I don't have that pressure, you know, on me to say that I have to make something work when we just organically just try to live and, you know, have a relationship together as long as God allows that's how I'm, I look at it. I think kind of like what my dad was saying, I feel like soulmates are kind of organic and predestined just because growing up, like my mom said, your perspective kind of evolves, especially when you're of the Christian faith. But I think that as I grew older, it evolved from this one specific person is going to be my soulmate and this specific person at a specific time is going to be my soulmate because... I think kind of like what you and Laura were talking about, I feel like soulmates can be different people, but they're special and specific people who understand you on a different level and who you just get along with without having to force anything. And so that's kind of my perspective. What about you, Dylan? I mean, you're close to getting married. You're, you know, five weeks out. So do you 
what are your thoughts about all of that? Like with using the term soulmate? To me, so like I, I do think that soulmates exist, but instead of like a predestined thing, to me, it's like an active decision. I think that, which is with any relationship, a friendship, family members, real romantic relationships, it's all an active decision. To me, the soulmate aspect comes when there's no deal breakers. So like for me and my fiance, there's nothing that she could do as long as we're actively pursuing each other that I would be like, that's over the line. Like, and that's what a soulmate is to me. And there are friends I have like that too. Like nothing you could do would make me abandon you as long as we're actively like in that relationship. I believe that my beliefs, and it certainly can differ for other people, is that as a creator, God being a spiritual being, he places that same type of spirit in us, right? So when we use the term soulmate, innately to me, it speaks to the spirit side, that deeper innermost person that's not limited by flesh, limited by external affairs. It is an energy that almost transcends the natural part of man. And so that connectivity is going to be stronger because again, it's not limited by infatuations, by current needs, lusts, if you will, you know, that, that changes other things. I do just differ just a little bit on the idea that two can change, right? So I believe that as strong spiritual beings, we are still. So love can always be there, but there is a limitation in people in that there can be some things, and the Bible talks about how that uh, adultery is a means of divorce. You know what I'm saying? That people can decide at that point whether they're going to separate is because there are some things that it makes you toxic or there are some things that make you worse because you can't get over that. You know what I'm saying? And in that, you limit the ability that you have to worship him or to serve him or to be your best spiritual selves. And so he allows a door for you to walk through that says, I still need you in service or I still need you to have the capacity to do some other things rather than being joined or shackled or bound by a decision that you made, you know. And so I think that my idea of that soulmate is, is that it could be for a period of time. Now, when you're closely tied to that person, that energy, I don't think it never leaves. There may be reasons for the fleshly, the mental, emotional person to leave, but that love still buys. It may not be bound to the point that you have to stay together or you can stay together, but I do believe that that there's a space and time for humanity, for the fleshly part of people to have enough injury that there creates a space uh, for folks to decide that they're no longer willing to stay in that environment. Speaking about the difference, well, me believing that you have multiple soulmates, non-romantic, I feel that 
each one of those soulmates are there to contribute and to help you to grow and to help you manage life in a different at different points. There's a, a minister's wife who I confided in a good bit, and uh, she she told me, and I've kind of I didn't understand it then. It was many years ago. She said, um, "You are your father. You're your own person, but you are your dad reincarnated. Everything that you're saying, everything that you said today, because I had I did a prayer or something. I had no idea what I said. I don't remember what I said." But she said, that sounded like your father. You were, he was speaking through you. And so I started thinking about that over the years. And I'm like, my dad is my soulmate, you know. And uh, he, we were very close, you know. And uh, we were able to talk. At, at, you know, he was able to um, say hard things to me. And I was offended and upset and hurt. But, at the, but more than anything, I felt loved by him. Even though he spoke those hard words to me at times, it was... I felt the love from him. And so that's, to me, that's what, how, that's a soulmate. And so um, he was here for the time that he was, and he's not here anymore. But I also believe the same with um, people who pass in my life, that they are there for a season, because a soulmate may not all, always be there forever. I mean, they may be there as in person, but not necessarily in your location, or it, not even in your life per se, but they're still alive. Um, but they were there to teach me that lesson that's helped me to transition and move and evolve. There's, just made me think of it. There are certain things, which I, I think it's really like cool. Like the, the thing about like, whether your person's here in the flesh or not. So like my best friend passed when I was nine. And so from then on the whole rest of my life, they're not going to be there anymore. But like, I haven't forgotten any of the experiences we had or the relationship we had or what it meant to me, what their family, like all of that has like been fundamental to who I am because it was such a big part of my life. It didn't become a smaller portion. The rest of you just grows. Mm-hmm. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think about it five hours a day anymore, but it's still like a significant part of my life. But what you're saying about like this kind of things, there are instances where people who I've never even met have impacted my life in such a way that like that was ordained. Cause I would say I'm like Christian adjacent. Like I believe in God, but it's like I grew up universalist. Mm-hmm. So like very close mm-hmm. in my opinion, close to Christianity, but there are things like there are songs or there are moments like a movie or something that'll touch me in a way that I'm like, that was like for me. Maybe I never even, they have no idea who I am. I have no idea who they are. But like, there are moments like that that are those like soul touching. Yeah, and I think kind of like what Dylan was saying, it doesn't even have anything to do with like duration of time either. Because I like really never explained this to my parents, but I met my grandfather a few times. My dad's father, and he had cancer. We only had like a couple of interactions. I was like nine years old, but in that time, it was something that caused me to gravitate towards him in that moment and it like literally never left and I even like have him tattooed on my arm just because the conversation that we had stuck with me and even as I was in school I would just you know hear a voice saying like I'm proud of you and I would always just think I'm making Rufus proud and so I feel like he is still my soulmate even though he has passed on kind of like what you guys are saying and he's still with me and he still speaks to me through God of course and so I think it has nothing to do with duration of time. It could just be small moments that leave a huge impact on your life. The idea of 
soulmates is powerful because I believe that in life that we have very few chances to boil things down to what really matters. Most of the time, we go through life sort of pretending, if you will. I got to look like this. I got to wear this. I have to act like this. And then we lose the innermost being, which is in essence who we really are. And so if we can ever, for the important things alike, right? For me, it would be the eternal parts of life. If something happened to me on the road out here and I get rid of this life, what's the afterlife? To me, that's important. And so I need to be intentional about finding out what do I need to do to prepare myself for the afterlife, you know? And so the same thing happens for a career. The same things happen for relationships. How do I boil life down to where if only there were me and this other person, that nothing else could matter? When I got married to my wife, I told her, as long as you and I were at the podium, I don't care if nobody else make it, as long as you and I make it. You know what I'm saying? To, to, the, to the podium. Um, is because she was my soulmate. I, 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 I'd prayed for her in high school, dating around some fantastic people that I really care about. But I knew that life just bouncing around to different people is only good for a while. I said, let's get to a space where if you can find the right person who's your soulmate, not only is it genuine and perfect, it's the right thing, but you will, you will lose the capacity, if you will, to waste so much time and energy and emotions and so much other stuff, money, <laughs> on, on things that were just fun times or people to occupy space, if you will. So I prayed to God for a soulmate. And I happened to be at a youth event at a church and sitting in a room. And after praying, she walked in and everything stopped. And at 17 years old, I didn't say to anybody else at the table, they probably thought I was crazy. I never knew this person, didn't know her name. I said, that's my wife. I believe that God gave me all of the capacity to know that if I asked for it, that when those moments appear, that that energy will connect to a point that it will be as, as vivid as us sitting in this room. And it was. I had no idea. Never said a word. When she walked in the room, I said, that's my wife. And we lived in two separate places, only about 70 miles apart, the two separate places. And, and I knew at that moment that that was what was. And we didn't start our journey right then. And it had been a while. 
And then we came together and we started the journey. But the journey feels as real today as it felt then. Life has happened, <laughs> of course. Uh, life has happened over the last 30 years. But the idea that the soul meet is a reality to me, it is true. It is true. As far as like the soulmates go, I don't think that there's like one person. Like for me and Paxton, who's my fiance, we've been together for almost seven years. I was 14 when we started dating. But like any number of tiny decisions, we could have completely missed each other. Maybe her mom decided to move to a different town instead of the one that she came to where I was. Maybe they decided to go to a different youth group or a different church. Like all of those tiny little things. Maybe my parents had chosen to do something different. I think that like all of those decisions are planned for, but I don't think they're concrete. Cause I, I really believe in free will that we can do anything that we set our mind to anything we want to do. So I think that, God ordained exactly how things have gone for us and how things are going to go. But I also think that just as much as he has control over what has happened to us thus far, he would have had control over if she had never met me, she would have found someone who she would have been completely in love with. So I think that like being really grateful has been important to me to like understand that anything, anything even small, could have completely changed where I'm at. I think about the same thing, you know, Quad and I, no matter how angry I get at him, no matter how much I want to shake him, and I'm just being transparent, my love for him is is not enough for me to shake him down. No, but my 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 love for him, when I think about how how could life have been had we not, you know, connected eyes, I'm like, wouldn't be no Jariah, no Drill, or no Jay, you know? Well, not with me, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be these particular ones. You know, I, I just could not imagine life without my people. And so, and I'm like, this man gave me my people. So, you know, that's, that's amazing to me. And I'm, I'm with you, Dylan. God, you know, fix that. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to follow Millennial Versus on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And don't forget to stream every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast.